0: Hello, everyone. This is Master Coach Tony Richards, and welcome to the Better Than Before show on the C-Suite Radio Network. I hope you had a fabulous and wonderful Memorial Day. Of course, that is our national holiday in May, where we honor those who have given their lives in military service, and hopefully you were able to do that in your own way, however you do that. People get confused sometimes in the difference between Memorial Day in May and the Veterans Day in November. And Veterans Day in November is a day that's set aside as a federal holiday to honor all those who have served in military service. Memorial Day is specifically set aside as a day we honor those who gave their life in military service. And so it's a day to be extremely humble and full of gratitude to those who have protected our way of life in the United States and protected our freedoms. There are two or three things that will get my gratitude, my respect, and a lot of times my money every single time, and that is animals, children, and veterans. If I get a chance to see a veteran or spot a veteran, I will put some money in their hands on with a handshake. I'll just reach in my pocket and grab some money and put some money in their hands. Or I will buy their dinner or lunch anonymously through the server and leave without saying anything. I might go over to their table and thank them for their military service. I won't say anything about their meal, but I will pick up the tab because it is a small token of gratitude for those who have given so much in military service. Now, when I was growing up, and I think the previous generation still does this, I don't know if I don't know if other people ever did it or if they still do it, but Memorial Day was also a holiday besides honoring those who had died in military service, the previous couple of generations where I grew up in Kentucky at least, went to redecorate and rememorialize the graves of family members and friends, just making sure the grave was well taken care of, that it was manicured. And I think most cemeteries and graveyards do a better job of that now than maybe they did 30, 40, 50 years ago. But Memorial Day was a day where my grandmother and my mom, both my grandmothers and my mom, would go and make sure the gravesite was well taken care of and put new, fresh decorations on the grave just to honor the family members and friends that had gone on before. But if you have a relative or a close friend that died in military service, my heart is with you today. And also, my honor goes out to those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. By today, we will know if history has been made And if the Celtics successfully came back from an 0-3 deficit to beat the Miami Heat to advance to the NBA Finals, or if the Heat can finally win a game, no time in history has a team come back from 0-3 to win a series. And so the Celtics are going to be trying to do that. And we will know today, by the time you hear this, whether they did it or if the Heat will be advancing to face the Denver Nuggets in the NBA finals. I wonder what this long layoff will have done to the previously red hot nuggets. I don't have any idea. It could revitalize them and re-energize them and given them a rest and they'll come out hotter than they were before, which would be hard to believe because they were red hot against the Lakers, man. Or if they've got a little rusty and will come back a little sluggish in the finals we will find out that's the great thing about sports sometimes it's very difficult to predict what will happen and as i always say that's why we play the games if everything was going to happen the way it's supposed to happen we wouldn't need to play the games right so it should be a great series i'm looking forward to it a great deal maybe as much as i have looked forward to an nba finals in quite some time columbia missouri where i live here one of our more distinguished and famous residents, Stan Kroenke, owns, of course, the Denver Nuggets. Only a couple of years ago, he won the Super Bowl because he also owns the Los Angeles Rams. He purchased them while they were still here in St. Louis, and he got a lot of criticism from Missouri people for moving them out to LA, but can't argue with success. And Mr. Kroenke has made a success I think I believe his son, Josh, who was a player here for the Missouri Tigers in college, is the general manager of the Nuggets. And so they have put together such a fabulous team and would be another success story for the Kroenke family. Well, we lost. I mean, we are losing so many people from my childhood and my adult life that have made an impact on me. We lost Jeff Beck here several weeks ago, and now Tina Turner. Last week, I came out of a coaching meeting and checked the news really quick and was very saddened to see that Tina Turner had passed away. And, of course, Tina has been living in Switzerland for quite some time, and she was 83 years old, so she Lived a long, full, and very interesting life. And so today, we're going to take a break from business and leadership a little bit because I just want to pay a tribute, and there will be a bunch of tributes to Tina Turner. You will get to see all of the Tina Turner information that you'll want to see, I'm sure. But I want to take just from my perspective And I posted on Facebook that day that my first experience with Tina was as a seven-year-old boy. We had the three network television stations, which were the NBC affiliate, the ABC affiliate, and the CBS affiliate. What was interesting about that too, living in the far western part of Kentucky, is that the NBC affiliate was in Paducah, Kentucky, where about 35 miles from where I grew up. The ABC affiliate was in Southern Illinois, and the CBS affiliate was in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. We had an independent station that went on the air in the late 60s that was founded and run by a fellow named Weeks Smith. Weeks passed away in the early 70s. His wife tried to carry on with the station, it didn't work and the station went under and they ended up selling it to the Kentucky Educational Television Network. But for about seven or eight years there, it was the coolest television station that I could have had growing up. They played old monster movies on Friday and Saturday night, the old universal horror movies. They played a lot of science fiction series. They played a lot of I mean, you. the thing is that if you have grown up in the last two generations, you've seen so many classic movies because there's so many more channels. Turner Classic Movies and HBO and all of these things did not exist back then. And so when we saw movies from the 40s and 50s and 60s, that was a very interesting and rare thing because the network stations didn't show them they were always coming out with new things or things that had just come out of their theater run and one of the shows that was on wdxr channel 29 one of the shows that was on there was hugh hefner's playboy after dark you can go to youtube and see those episodes In 1969 and 70, that was a very edgy thing. Playboy After Dark. I mean, the magazine, of course, had nude women in it, but it was a very classy and stylish magazine. So, just from that association with Hugh Hefner and the magazine. The television show, which did not show any of that stuff, it was Hugh Hefner having cocktail and dinner parties in the Playboy mansion and live cameras recording it, and he would have music acts. And so one night, Playboy After Dark came on around 1130 or midnight on Saturday night. And so I was up late. Friday and Saturday night, I got to stay up late. Mom, dad went to bed 10, 30, and then and I stayed up. And, and so one night I am probably eating some pizza, and I am sitting cross-legged in the floor in front of the television, and Hugh Hefner introduces the show, and then the cameras follow him into what he called the rumpus room. And in the Rumpus Room was the Ike and Tina Turner Review. And when the cameras showed Tina Turner and the Ikez, and Ike Turner and the Kings of Rhythm Band for the first time, it was a religious experience for a seven-year-old kid who loved music. And my goodness, they were on fire, they were dancing furiously, and the moves they were doing, and the energy that was coming out of the performance, and the, they called their music that they did, Greasy Soul. And man, they went into the cover version of Sly and the Family Stone, I Want to Take You Higher. And oh my gosh, I mean, I I I am transported back to that moment right now, just thinking about it. And you can go on YouTube and just search for "I Can Tina Turner Review Playboy After Dark, and you can see that show. They also did a version of Proud Mary, which was going to be a hit for them a couple of years later in 71. Doug Kershaw, he was a Cajun fiddle player from the country music genre, was on there, also on the show later. But just a fantastic performance that shaped my whole life from a music standpoint from then on and if you're a fan of tina turner and your primary experience was the pop run that she had in the 80s i mean good for you that was successful i was programming radio during that time and i'll talk about that in just a second But man, if you missed out on the whole period when Tina was in the Ike and Tina Turner review, you should do yourself a favor and go back and listen to some of that music, watch some of those performances on YouTube. Tina Turner was born Anna Mae Bullock. Anna Mae Bullock was her real legal name. She was born in Brownsville, Tennessee in 1939 on November the 26th. Brownsville is in West Tennessee, and on Highway 19 northwest of Brownsville, there's a little small unincorporated town, much like the little unincorporated town I grew up in, called Nutbush. And for those of you that are familiar with Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band's live album that was released in 1975 called Live Bullet, The very first song they kick off the recording with is Nutbush City Limits, and that song is written by Tina Turner, and it's basically a biographical story about the little town of Nutbush that she grew up in, which had no city limits, because it wasn't a city. It was more or less a small spot in the road, a small village that i'm sure back in those days not any longer i'm sure like my little town the zip code has gone by the wayside but it probably had a zip code back then but just a little fun fact there about tina which she wrote that song in 1973 and then Seeger did that song to kick off live bullet just a fantastic performance tina turner was known you know aretha franklin was the queen of soul Tina was known as the queen of rock and roll. She started singing with Ike in 1957, and her first stage name was Little Ann, and she cut her first record in 1958. In 1960, she came out with the name Tina Turner. In her book, I, Tina, which I'll talk about in just a little while, she said that Ike had been married so many times before he didn't even know how many times he'd been married. But he was getting pressured by one of his ex-wives divorce proceedings for money from some of the music he'd recorded. And so he married Tina as a strategy to get out of paying extra money or whatever. She said, there's no way he married me because he loved me. It was just a, I was just another wife to him to get out of paying this money. Some of the songs that, she did with the Ike and Tina Turner review, It's Gonna Work Out Fine, was a hit for them in 1961. Phil Spector, who was a world-famous producer, and his famous invention or innovation in the music industry, the way he recorded music, was called The Wall of Sound. And this was one of the things that put another big crack in the relationship between Ike and Tina was that Phil Spector came and wanted to record Tina, not Ike. And so he hired an orchestra and recorded a song called River Deep Mountain High, which was a fantastic record. That's another one you should go. If you haven't heard River Deep Mountain High, Tina's version, you should go look that up on YouTube or on iTunes. And, of course, I mentioned it earlier, they covered... Credence Clearwater Revivals, Proud and Mary. Tina finally left the Icon Tina Turner Review in 76. And I started in radio in 1978 at 15. And so I was primarily in country radio 78, 79, 80, 81, and 82. And then in 83, I switched over to an AM Top 40 station and acquired the position of music director. One of the first albums I received from Capitol Records in 1983 was Tina's Private Dancer album, which probably I'm getting into more of the era that a lot of people listening to this podcast are familiar with. Because it had the hit, What's Love Got to Do With It, which won a Grammy Award and also won a record of the year. Tina was in her early 40s by this time, and she was on the charts with all these younger artists in their 20s. She was the oldest female solo artist to ever be in the Hot 100 by that time. I remember getting the Private Dancer album and putting it on. I took it home with me and put it on the turntable. And listened to both sides of it. And I just thought, man, this is going to be fantastic. And I remember talking to my music representative for Capitol Records at the time and saying, you know, Tina has had success when she was with Ike doing cover records. But her biggest success was always doing original songs, either written by her or somebody else. I'm like, please tell me you're going to release What's Love Got to Do With It to kick this off. And I remember the music rep saying, no, we've decided to release Let's Stay Together, which was an Al Green cover song, which was the first song released from Private Dancer, and it didn't really go over. I mean, just fantastic song. I love it. But it wasn't a radio hit. And... I thought, oh, man, they're going to mess this whole thing up for Tina because they're not going to lead with the best song on here. And then they finally released What's Love Got to Do With It, and, man, it just went to number one. As a matter of fact, it was the only number one song she ever had on the Billboard Hot 100 And then she followed with Better Be Good To Me, which was a moderately successful record. Then Private Dancer, the title track on the album, which was a very large hit. This is in 1984. And then around the fall of 84 was when I moved over to the company that I would eventually run. And I moved over to FM Top 40 Radio. And... Tina came out in 1985 in the Mel Gibson movie, Thunderdome, and she had the title track to the movie, We Don't Need Another Hero, and got a hit on that. Then throughout the rest of the 80s, she released a song called Typical Male. She released a song called I Don't Want to Fight. She sang the title track to the Bond movie, GoldenEye and her biggest song though it never got to number one but it was right up there as a recognizable song for her called the best you know you're simply the best which has been used in a lot of commercial campaigns and advertising campaigns so she had a string of hits there in 1993 going into the 90s now in 1993 she released her book called I, Tina, My Life Story. And I still have my copy of that book that I bought. It's in my library. And then from that autobiography, I, Tina, My Life Story, they did the movie What's Love Got to Do With It? with Lawrence Fishburne playing Ike Turner and Angela Bassett playing Tina. And then, man, on up until... Well, I'll just mention too in twenty eighteen, there was a musical that came out named simply Tina just i don't I don't know man, just a quite an artist. She was on the second ever cover of Rolling Stone in sixty seven or sixty eight I can't remember which year it was, and then she was on the cover of Rolling Stone in every decade after in the seventies in the eighties in the nineties in the twenties in the 2010s, and this past week, I was so happy to go out to my driveway and get my daily copy of the Wall Street Journal to find Tina on the cover of the Wall Street Journal the day after she passed. She has sold 150 million records worldwide. That's up there with some of the best-selling recording artists of all time. She's won 12 Grammy Awards, eight competitive awards, a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, and three Grammy Hall of Fame inductions. She was the first black artist and the first woman to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone magazine. I mentioned that. She is also on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and on the St. Louis Walk of Fame. She moved from Tennessee to Missouri to live in East St. Louis with some of her relatives. This is in the movie, by the way which I first read in the autobiography, and she went to a nightclub in East St. Louis where Ike Turner and the Kings of Rhythm were playing, and the movie doesn't stick with the book here. It In the movie, Ike has several women singing and failing, and then all of a sudden Tina sings and gets his attention. It, it didn't really happen that way. And a lot of times, movies take creative license to enhance the story or whatever. But they did meet in a St. Louis nightclub. Ike was fascinated with her singing and gave her the name Tina, which I think was inspired by Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, which was a comic book jungle hero. So Tina rhymed with Sheena. And then he gave her the name Tina Turner also, and Ike trademarked that name. And they had legal fights over that after the divorce for many, many, many years. But that just gives you some idea of her awards. I also mentioned that she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She went in with Ike Turner in 91, and then they finally inducted her as a solo artist in just 2021, just two years ago. She uh, was a recipient of the Kennedy Center Honors in 2005, and she also won the Woman of the Year Award. Anna Mae Bullock had quite a life and quite a career and just a fantastic artist, and I'm sure... That no matter what generation you come from, she influenced you in some way. She was just one of those artists that transcended generations and decades with her outstanding performances and her outstanding music. Now, a couple of years ago, in 2018, she came out with a new memoir called My Love Story, and she Revealed in that book that came out that she had several illnesses going on. She had had high blood pressure since 1978, which she didn't do anything about. And that high blood pressure had resulted in damage to her kidneys. And eventually she had kidney failure. In 2013, after she married Erwin Bach, she had a stroke And after that stroke, she had to learn how to walk all over again. In 2016, she was diagnosed with intestinal cancer. And she tried to treat her health problems by various means, but they ended up worsening. Her chances of getting a kidney transplant were very low. They tried to get her to start dialysis She signed up with an organization that facilitated assisted suicide, a procedure which is legal in the country she became a citizen of in 2013, which was Switzerland, where she eventually passed away. Her husband, Erwin, offered to donate a kidney for transplant. She accepted it and had her kidney transplant back in 2017. But she ended up dying just not too many days ago on May twenty fourth at her home. She was eighty-three after all of those illnesses that she had. I just I feel bad she suffered so greatly in her last few years after she had been such a vibrant, awesome performer and vibrant and energetic human being, which just tells you you gotta take care of yourself the most important thing in your life should be your health. It should be priority number one because things that you don't think about when you're young and when you're vibrant and when you're healthy, you leave those things, you damage yourself through rough living, which her whole marriage, Dyke Turner, was horrendous with all those years of abuse and physical torment. I'm sure some of that probably contributed to, her problems later on, but you know, you just don't think about it when your body is young and resilient and bounces back, but you end up really paying for it in your later years. And if we could all have a strong sense of what life is going to be like in our older years, I, I think we would take better care of ourselves in our younger years, but Tina suffered greatly and she made quite a contribution to my life, and I thank her for everything that I was able to utilize in the radio business. We live vicariously off the performances and talent of others by playing their music and, you know, for the contribution to my career, Tina, thank you so much, and I want you to have a wonderful rest-in-peace period here, and I appreciate your life. And we could talk for hours about the wonderful contributions to society and to the lives of all of us. And so Anna Mae Bullock, Tina Turner, passing away here in May of 2023. Thank you, Anna Mae. Well, that's our show today. We'll get back to business and leadership next week. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 ClearVisionDevelopment.com is my website. It tells you what I do as far as coaching and advisory to CEOs and executive teams and emerging leaders and company. You have six years worth of better than before episodes there, 20 years worth of blog posts and a video library of the show we used to do called Clear Vision TV that has a lot of leadership principles in it. If you'd like to receive my weekly newsletter, you can sign up on the homepage of the website. The Monday Morning Memo is released every Monday morning by email. All you got to do is put your email address in and smash the subscribe button. My two books are still available also. My first book is called The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, which gives you sort of a weekly leadership reading and also work to do. After you've read the short article, I give you some some suggestions on things that you can do to improve that part of your leadership. And my second book, Journal Like a CEO, 365 Key Questions to Get Your Thoughts Started in Journaling. They're both still available digitally. The print versions are out of print. The digital versions are still available. You can go to Amazon and find my Amazon author page, and those are available there for your Kindle. You can also buy them digitally from Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. And like I said, print copies are out of print, but my books are still available in digital form. Special thanks, as always, to our producer, Tessa Hall. And until we visit again next week here on Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network, I'm Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better.